Hello, and welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. I'm Dave. And I'm Chris. And uh, I don't know if you read this email that we got, but somebody... What's the air that I breathe? The air that sounds like a song from the 80s. Right. Somebody well, wrote... Why did you just I just that? got a text. Did you listen to the air that I breathe? Oh. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Um, somebody, one of the members of the Dopey Nation, wrote us an email uh, asking me uh, to be nice to you for a whole episode. Really? They said, could you what have an that? episode... It was while you were away. I remember someone said lay off me or something like that. Everybody, everybody writes that I should lay off you. You've just been beating up on me the last hour before this we even hit record. Uh, give me a break, man. <laughs> <laughs> give me a break. You, if you guys could see Chris, he's um he's a mess for no reason. He, he's he's I come I'm home from so work. I'm fucking tired right now. I, I come reason. home from a work uh, a day of work grinding it out in a restaurant all day. Chris is sitting on my... He's like my fucking wife who's not working nor tending house. He's like my pill-addicted wife. I nor come putting home. out. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't please me. He doesn't cook. He doesn't clean. I come home. He's all fucking sleepy and confused. Seems addled with, uh, with drugs. I've been catching up on Arrested Development, though, because I, uh, I didn't watch that. I missed the new stuff. There is no new stuff. (laughs) There hasn't been an episode of Arrested Development out in five years. I thought there's a new season. I think that's six years ago. Oh, really? Something like that. But that's not the point. The point is, I have not been... And and why don't you... Have I been hard on you since I've come home, really? Uh, No, I mean, I guess if we were to to rate it or something like that, I'd probably put it it around a six. Be honest. It's usually at like like a nine. Be honest. Yeah, but I mean, it's all relative, you know? Be honest. What? How how hard have I been on you since, since I came home from work? Um, not too bad, dude. So so why did you say I've been hard on you? You think it's funny? Yeah. It's not funny. Yeah. And I'm supposed to be nice to you for you're an episode. You're being hard on me right now. It's so hard. Not being, you're being hard on me for my answer about whether or not you've been hard on me. Listen, you seem deranged and confused, and this is me trying to be nice to you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, I'm going to... Well, we need some dopey, don't we? We need dopey. We just started. Okay. I had... I'm just trying to see if this episode could be the episode where I'm nice to you. What do you think? Did I blow it already? Like, what does being nice to you entail? Dopey Nation, send a note. Tell me what I have to do to be nice to him. And, like, doesn't he have to deserve being, being been nice to? Like, what, what would being nice look like or sound like? How's your vape? Are you using your vape? Oh, you want to hear a story? What? I got a story. Yeah. So, I don't know if you guys remember. Did you buy cigarettes today? I bought, like, a couple loose ones. Yeah. Um, you were with me. Yeah, but since you left work, did you buy any? Yeah, I bought three. I bought four. Um, you just buy a pack. Because I'm trying to really cut down. Yeah. Um, but at work... It's like buying heroin a bag at a time. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> but um, when, I, when I went to work and I bummed... Uh, did I bum a cigarette? No, I didn't have any cigarettes. And I'm working. 
and like I tend to smoke a little bit while I work and um oh man such a horrible story what from today yeah I didn't tell you okay so I'm working I'm working I'm working whatever blah 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 and uh I have a craving for oh no I bummed a couple of I bummed one cigarette off a guy I worked with yeah and then I'm still working and I want to smoke another one and I'm getting a little frustrated with with customers I'm getting a little frustrated with uh the employees and then I'm like I'm looking for a cigarette and uh I go to the front of the restaurant and I ask one of the guys in the front does he see anybody smoking and he doesn't outside of our restaurant there's this junkie beggar can you say his name or no sure his name's Ezra and he's an asshole is he an asshole? I thought you guys. I thought you like him. Well, not after today. Oh, it's funny because we were talking about Ezra this morning. Yeah, Ezra's a junkie who actually lives down the street. Yeah. So this morning, you know, I walked Dave to work, and uh, we were. I was sitting in a bench across the street, and I was asking him all about this guy Ezra because he's always outside Dave's workplace. Ezra lives down the street. He's a dope fiend. He. he had- I went to give him a pound once, and he thought I was like giving him money. You know what I mean? And he, like, held his hand out with, like, a cup to get money. And I was like, no. And then he was upset that it was just a pound. Ezra Ezra wears a neck brace now, and I think that's just for, uh... It goes good with the cane. For sympathy. He doesn't have the a cane, cane anymore. He needs the cane. No, now he has a walker. Oh. A walker with a seat. And in the in the wintertime, Ezra says, Yeah, you can help me out with a dollar so I can get a cup of coffee? If it's really cold, he says... Yeah, y'all can help me out with a dollar so I can get some hot chocolate. <laughs> when it starts to get warm, he says, "Yeah, y'all can help me out with a dollar so I can get a soda." Uh, and, and that's his thing. He, you yeah. know, that's what he does. How do you think he does financially? Well, like what is well? Well, if you had to guess, uh, it depends on for, the day at work. Let's say what's a good day, what's a bad day. Good day, yeah. $250. No fucking way. Yeah, it's busy. No way. It's busy. He's got a good spot. You and think he'd be pissed? What if some, like, some more Debo type, like, dude, he fu- he's the Debo. No, he d- he's not. He's got a lot of attitude. He pushes people off. He's pushed me. He's, he's his corner. He's earned the spot. <laughs> he's pushed like five guys the off. The flow there is impressive. He's There's a thousands bully. Thousands of people. And he's an asshole. And I take care of him. Yeah, but you've, I've never heard you say he's an asshole until right now. I've got, you know, one time he walked me home in the rain holding an umbrella over my head the he whole time. He must have been really slow because he does not move fast. No, he can move fast. Can he? <laughs> yeah, this guy, Dopey Nation, he's kind of broken. Like he's kind some, of is not the, he, the word. He's got some fucking serious physical limitations. He stands up, but it's almost like how is he fucking standing? <laughs> he's all fucked up. He's also a singer and yeah. a songwriter. He's got a beautiful voice. He's I got, always thought he like didn't have his mental faculties. Like, he does. Yeah, I, I thought he. Well, you know how I would think that though. Like if somebody didn't know that and hadn't talked to him, you'd think he wasn't all there. He's shrewd and rude. Yeah. He's hardcore. So what um, happened with Ezra today? Well, ev- understand, I probably leave the store 15 times yeah, a day so, so Ezra, to smoke cigarettes. So Ezra's right outside the front doors at Dave's place, and then Dave goes and stands by this mailbox, which is about seven feet from where Ezra is. Closer. Yeah, five feet. So I hang out with Ezra a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and, and every cigarette I smoke, Ezra usually has half of it. Yeah. Okay. I give Ezra the, the the other end of the you cigarette. You don't trade. You don't go uh, pass it back and forth. No, I've never done that. Like that. <laughs> uh, but I also give him whole cigarettes. Yeah. I also get him coffee in the wintertime. I get him ice water in the summertime. Does I get him live, hot chocolate. Does he go home somewhere? He lives down the street. In what? In a brownstone. 
Shut up. Swear to God. How does who pays for it? He does. No, he doesn't, dude. I'm sure he's on disability, but he also makes money. But he lives in a... That, the brownstone he lives in... He lives in in a beautiful five-floor brownstone. No, the brownstone he lives in is a time warp. You can go outside of there and it's like... There's crackheads on the stoop. There's, like, crackheads with babies screaming at each other. It's like you walk over there and all of a sudden it's 1977. Yeah. Like, I could take you over there because it's it's fascinating. Ezra will come to work, like, with stolen bikes to sell them. Ezra will report to me with me on the dope in the building. Yeah, Dave, maybe you shouldn't have quit because this shit is fire today. Swear to God. What do the other guys think of him? They call him... Black, yeah. and they call him Mudfoot, and they Why hate Mudfoot? him because he can barely walk. Oh, so they call him Mudfoot. They hate him. They hate him. They've never tried to shoo him away. Has anyone ever tried to shoo him away? Well, sometimes he's like, "Babe, the boss is gonna pay me to watch the concrete dry today, so <laughs> maybe you can get me some water." <laughs> and then you get him anything, and he says, "Much obliged." Much obliged. So anyway, so today. I'm like fiending for a cigarette. Okay, this is not not a good story. Yeah. Not not an upright sober person story. This is how I know that I'm progress Still sick. not a very sick. Okay, you're fiending for a cigarette. I'm fiending for a cigarette and um one of the guys at the door is this big big guy named Ed who calls himself Big Time yeah. and I'm like, "Ed, maybe you could ask Ezra if he's got a cigarette." Mm-hmm. And Ed, Ed's like, "Yo, Black, uh, you think you think you could get it? Give me a cigarette, and Ezra's like, nah. And Ed's like, Ed says, Black, you think you could run to the store and get a loose one? And he's like, nah. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, like my entitlement comes out, and I like run outside, and I'm like, Ezra, why don't you go to the store and get me a cigarette? He's like, fuck you. I'm like. Fuck me. After everything I've done for you, I've given you probably 500 cigarettes this year. You'd probably give him two bucks, too. One for the cigarette, one for himself. What do you mean? Oh, of course. Yeah, you pay him for the trip. Ezra was not leaving, and yeah. he said, fuck you, and I got so mad. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to call the police. I'm going to get Ezra removed. No, you didn't, really. That's what I started to say. I said, I'm going to tell Ezra the boss. To someone else. To someone else to, the, I, I, went, I went, I spiraled out yeah. on Ezra. Yeah. And, and then I felt so stupid and ashamed of myself for feeling yeah, this way. I've done that when you get upset or something and then you're like, Ugh, what a day. Did you ever get angry to Ezra's face? I said, Ezra, yeah. yeah. I said, Ezra, how are you going to say fuck you to me? He goes, fuck you. I go, it's done. I go, that's it. You're done. <laughs> You're done. Uh, the boss is going to have you removed. What, did he even look scared at all? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. No? No, no, no. Wait, wait. Where's that background noise? Is that in here? No. It's the neighbor. Are you sure? I'm positive. It's not your other, one of your many computers playing in the other room? No. No. What are they doing over there? They're watching television. Oh, they're watching television. Yeah. Anyway, so, so uh, and then I'm working and I feel really bad. And where I work, everybody, any story that has any sort of where somebody looks stupid, that story gets retold countless times during so the day. So people are talking about it constantly. And this dude comes in and he goes, yo, Dave, you fucking with black? <laughs> and I'm like, no. Who, what, someone comes in for a shift, you mean? 
No, he was just coming back from a delivery or oh, something. Okay. And he goes, yo, he said he's going to fuck you up after work. And I'm Who like, right. <laughs> and I said, really? And he said, um, and he said, he said, I said, what did he say? He said, you know, that big nose white guy, uh, <laughs> he wanted to send me to the stove for some cigarettes and I'm going to fuck him up after work. And like, I, I, I fear most of the people that I work with, yeah. but I don't fear Ezra. And I don't fear the guy who told me the story. Yeah. But, like, that's not, you know, this well, is, the, the guy was just trying to make me feel bad. When you left today, was Ezra there? No. He wasn't? Actually, after the whole thing happened, I found someone in the store to give me a cigarette. Yeah. And then I went outside and I smoked it and I just stared at Ezra. Did he look at you? Yeah. And then I, I only smoked half of it and then I put the other half out on the ground and I stomped it out. And I didn't give it to him. Whoa. Wow. You did him dirty. I know, and I feel guilty about it, too. You know what you need to do? What? Go in tomorrow and give him an entire pack of cigarettes. No. Just do it, man. Be the bigger man. That's too much. Give him two cigarettes. Why? Give him a pack of, like, what's that? Bicycle or bugalo? <laughs> Why? What is the loose, loose stuff? Bicycle? No, what Bigelow. If, what if no, drum? Bugle? Bugle. Bugle, yeah. But why? Um, Ezra doesn't roll his own. I know. Dude, Ezra's on top of the world. He's fucking buying dope, getting free food, getting money, free sodas, water. What would happen if you left your job and you started hanging out on the corner? Like, you just try to, like, look all decrepit, you know, and get a cup, and you start hanging out on the corner. On that corner? Yes. Oh, they wouldn't let me stay there. (laughs) No, but let's say, like, your work lets you hang out. But what would happen with you and Ezra? Uh, Ezra would. I would you get think you ki- could beat him out? No, I don't. Ezra's scary. Would he up? Would he just up it until he gets arrested? Dude, Ezra's scary. I'm not fucking going toward to tell him. He's fucking sixty years old. Dude. Yeah, but he probably he probably he probably kills people. <laughs> he does not kill. He probably people. like has knives and <laughs> he guns does and stuff. Not. I guarantee he gets really loud, and he probably would be willing to take it a lot further than either one of us. But he does not. Dude, I would not go toe-to-toe with Ezra. He's scary. He's like also like a demon type. Yeah. Just for the dopey nation, Ezra is a broken old man. He's scary, <laughs> yeah, though. Saves. Dude, have you ever gone toe-to-toe with a really scary, scary old well, guy? Well, there are scary... Sometimes... He's sometimes not, the scariest persons aren't physically intimidating. He's They're not, just willing to take it to the next level much quicker than you are. He's and I can not, see if you're saying he's that. He's not physically scary no, at no, all. No, no, no. He's like scary like evil. Like he's evil and he like... Oh, oh my God. Should we pause it? Yeah. Here, you uh, pause that. So yeah, the Vietnamese delivery guy came and I think I was very hungry. Because Ezra can't be that evil. I mean, I just listened to it, and I'm like... Oh, you're still hungry, you mean? <laughs> no, I'm saying when I was talking about how evil Ezra seems... Oh, yeah, yeah, Now yeah. that I've eaten, you're I don't... better. I don't think he's... Oh, I thought... See, I thought you were saying that it would have taken away your hunger. <laughs> what? <laughs> talking about Ezra. But you, now you're you're saying that since you've eaten, you don't care. You were just... Yeah, I don't care anymore. Angry. Now, Now, the deal is, though, that if <sighs> I... God, if I your your question, which I'm going to entertain because the dopey nation is listening, yeah. you said if I lost my job, and then decided to be a street person outside where I work, would Ezra be able to shoo me off the corner? Yeah, and the answer is yes, because I don't have the the resolve that Ezra has. Yeah, Ezra is like the kind of guy who like 
he he's willing to go places that I'm not willing to go. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. Okay. We'll just we'll just leave it at that. So what what are we gonna do here? Should we do like? Um, no, I have plans. You have plans. The first thing. Do I know the plans? No. The first thing we're gonna do is you are gonna read an email. I'm gonna read it. You know what I realized is we didn't read someone's before Chachi Mulchi. <gasps> Look at this. What? Somebody just wrote us a message on Facebook. Do you want to just read? This is live. Well, as live as it can get. <laughs> No, I'll read it. What the hell? But I wanted to read an old email. Is it a new one, though? It just came in this second. Five minutes ago, it's, as it got it to Okay, so you, want, want me to read it? Yeah. You gave me these instructions? Yeah. No, maybe you should read Tracy's story, because Tracy's an old school fan. We'll read both. First, read the one we just got. All right. Uh, hey there. I found your guys' podcast today, and I've been listening constantly since 11 a.m. I'm a recovering slash struggling addict, and I love the content. Being from a small town, most of the meetings in my area are small, few, and generally inaccessible due to my work schedule. So this feels like a good supplement. I just, <laughs> I just wanted to say thank you for the show and sharing your stories and to keep it up. I wish NA meetings were this entertaining. God, or whatever higher power you prefer, you guys are funny as fuck. You've got a lifelong listener here. Now I have to go. I'm finally hearing the blue cheese story. It's sad that I've been waiting for a story with that kind of name for the entirety of my day. Thanks, somebody. And I'm like, I, I'm so nervous. Na- names that have, you know, we've been screwing that up. I'm not even saying people's names anymore. People like Should I say names. actually? Yeah, first, first name. name Chase. Thank you, Chase. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell him. I'm gonna start talking. I'm just gonna respond and say that was a great. We note. are recording. No, right say it like say it now. out loud. We just read this on the show. Where's Name. All right, keep talking, dude. Because anyway. now we have this very, very loyal fan named Tracy, who uh, remind me what what was it? Are you going to read the email? You read the email. Okay, Tracy was the woman on methadone who How do you wrote know it's us. A woman, her name's Tracy. I know a lot of Tracy guys. I know it's a woman. Um, Tracy's a woman on Facebook. Uh, she's a follower on Facebook. That's how I know she's a woman. And she um, she wrote all about um, her experience on methadone and, and what I had to do to get off of methadone, which I thought was, uh, you know, it was nice. Uh, and I like oh, Tracy. Oh, I responded too. Yeah. yeah. I, I just assumed it was a guy. No, it was a woman. And, but and how do you know it was a woman? Yeah, I've seen her picture. Oh. Tracy's a woman. Oh. Um, and, but then when you were away, Tracy wrote this email, which is a crazy story. Okay. Um, so you say we can email you sorted tales from our using days. Here's one of mine. Well, it's probably not as fun. By the way, Chase, our, our show does not take away from going to meetings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say go to meetings. Yeah, go to meetings. Well, you need the fellowship. You need the steps. You need everything. But I like that, that it could supplement. It's a nice it's, it's thought. It's heartwarming that it's not just pure debauchery. I'd say we're 80% debauchery. Well, you heard 20, Alex. 20% recovery. You heard Alex. What did he say? He said that the show is really getting overtones of recovery, and he likes that so much. The last one was fucking straight recovery. No, dude. he liked it so much yeah, that I he called up to leave a heartwarming uh, shout-out about his own recovery and how nice he thinks it is what we're doing. So yeah. there, I don't think it's 80-20. I mean, I think you can say that because you want to think that, but it's more like... 60 40 
uh, debauchery recovery. Okay. And then my friend Sam was saying over and over how much he hates the word debauchery. Why? I don't know. I think it's like the greatest word ever. Yeah. Oh, was- Chase writes back, dope. I'll be listening for it. Tell him it's not going to come out for a bit. Don't tell me. Tell him. It's not going to come out for I'm sorry, James. It's not, not going to come out for a bit. Look forward right, in two months. Read the fucking email. All right. Not that. I just wanted to make sure that we know, that everybody knows that Dopey is not a 12-step fellowship. Yeah, yeah, yeah fellowship. we got you. They, they got you, man. They're picking up what you're putting down. Dopey Nation isn't stupid. You need to give them more credit. You see, this is why they think I'm, I'm the bad guy. <laughs> Uh, I'm, by the way, Dopey Nation, I'm not the bad guy. Oh, but guy. we need to do bum stories, because Ezra, we're get, we'll circle back to that in a little bit, right? Because yeah, like, you jogged my memory for some, some new material. We will circle back. Yeah. You know I used to trade bottles with bums? Like, when I was, like, young. Like what, you when mean I was, drink like, with fi- 15. Yeah, we'd, like, pass the 40, pass Dude, the are you not? Are you, am I, this, oh, yeah, read the fucking Am I going to read Tracy's read email? Shit, read the shit, sorry. You know, I don't believe your absent-minded professor shtick. I think I it's all ADHD. I really do, man. It's genuine. Oh god, <laughs> ADHD. You say it like Louis C.K. ADHD. What else do you say like that? ADHD. There's something else you say like ADHD. that. ADHD. I have how ADHD. How do you say it? I don't say I have ADHD. Do you say R two? How do you say R two D two? You want to hear something weird? What? I read this article for school. It was like fucking twenty pages. It was like a research uh, publication. And it was about whether you use identity-first language or person-first language when talking about somebody with a disability. And there was literally statistics, charts, and graphs and stuff. And what that means is whether you would say a person with ADHD or that ADHD person. And it was actually for autism. Do you say a person with autism or or an autistic person? person? And they wrote a 20-page – it was literally like funded and stuff like that. Um, and the stupid thing is the conclusion was like, man, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I thought they were, I thought they were going to be like, you always say like a person with autism, but they like basically were like, they like asked, like pulled people and all this shit. And it's like, it doesn't really matter. It's like, do you say that person suffering from mental retardation or well, that, it's like, do you say or that, that pers- retarded guy? <laughs> well, it's like, do you say it's like, like it would be like if someone called us a person with addiction instead of like an addict. Or or would you say like that dude who is has a limp or that gimpy guy? Yeah. I guess sometimes I feel like we trend so far and like to be politically correct that it almost perpetuates the thing. The thing itself. Because then people are like, Oh, you're not doing it right. And you you mean mean, we like where's your heart at? Like societally, not not us. No, societally, yeah. Yeah. Read the email. Read the email. That was a nice um, little ADHD uh, interlude. ADHD. ADHD. How do you say R two D two? Say R two D two. ADHD. We need to get John back here on the keyboard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> easy for you to say now. <laughs> so you say we can email you sorted tales from our. This is a long email though, so buckle in. Oh God. So you say <laughs> we can email you sorted tales from our using days. Here's one of mine. While it's probably not as funny as some of yours, it does remind me how much I don't miss having to deal with people I didn't like to get what I needed. Every night, my roommate Kay, and Kay is in quotes, and I would go to bed worried about how we were going to keep ourselves from being sick in the morning. And that's dope sick, I assume. 
We only had one car between us because we had pawned the other one to get dope. And it was up on blocks for a few days uh, getting a new transmission. I had a good job at the time, so I had gotten paid at midnight. It's interesting. We didn't... Oh, it's probably like direct deposit at midnight. Oh, yeah, yeah. We didn't know how we were going to get around to go pick up our dope. At 6.30 a.m., a girl, who I will call Joe, called, as she did every day, to beg us for a half. Because she was just so sick, she didn't know what to do. Normally, we wouldn't deal with her because she had been known to steal from her friends, and even though we had a habit, we would never steal from a friend. But this day... We decided to offer her the half she wanted if she would give us a ride to pick up our dope. She agreed. So as I was getting ready to go, I happened to find a crazy black hairpiece wig in one of Kay's drawers. I thought it would be funny if I put it on and wore it in the car while we went to pick up. I have blonde hair, so the wig looked absolutely horrendous and funny on me. I jumped in Joe's car and we took off. This story's good. On our way, Joe sees a cop car at the gas station across the street, and she freaks out. I wasn't sure why she was so skittish, because the cop was facing the opposite direction, and we hadn't gotten our shit yet. She waits until the cop pulls out, and then goes the opposite direction. Next thing we know, the cop has turned around and was behind us. I told her, don't pull into Poncho's house. Poncho is the dealer. Keep going. If you just in case you thought Poncho was somebody else, <laughs> <laughs> keep going because we don't want him to see us going there. The house was semi-hot because he was the only one who was open every day at six to seven in the morning. It was like a drive-through that time of day. So the dumb cow does not listen to me and pulls right up in the driveway. The cop didn't follow us into the driveway and kept going past us and up the street. I went in the house. And bought like $200 worth of shit. Excuse me. When I got back out to the car, Joe had moved over to the passenger seat, and I find out why she was so scared when she saw the cop. Suspended license? She didn't have a driver's license. Luckily, I did, so I jumped in to drive. I looked up and down the street, and there were no cops in sight. My house was only 10 minutes away, so I pulled out of the driveway and started toward home. Kay was there waiting impatiently, sick as fuck like the rest of us. I texted her I was on my way. I looked in my rear view and see the cop barreling up behind us. And I was like, Joe, we're getting pulled over. Do something with our shit. So she says, oh, man, I'm going to eat it. I'm not getting busted. So I was like, listen, you fat cow. You're not eating my shit that I just paid $200 for. And if you try, I will stop the car right here and beat your big ass right in front of the police. (laughs) I told her to sit back, shut up, and keep her hands on the dash because I had a license to drive. So she backed down and quickly locked it in her glove box. Sure as shit, I got pulled over at the 7-Eleven, rocking my crazy black wig and looking like a complete fool. The cop comes walking up to my window and says... Hi, Joe. Why are you driving without a license? I told him I wasn't Joe and promptly gave him my license and insurance. He explained he had seen Joe driving in the neighborhood at 0300 a.m. the night before, and she knew she didn't have a license, uh, but she had gotten away from him. The dumb cow neglected to give me that info. (laughs) He pulled her out of the car, and I sat and tried to hear what was going on. I'm praying he doesn't arrest her and search or tow the car. We would both get felonies and were in serious withdrawal by this point. 
That's a tough spot. Yeah. I thought about chucking the wig in the back seat, but I decided it would look even more shady than I already (laughs) did with it on. So I'm looking in the mirror trying to see what's going on, and I hear Joe tell the cop, Oh, your eyes are so pretty and blue. And I'm rolling my eyes like, oh, no, fuck, we're screwed and probably going to get bribery charges in addition to the felony drug charges. I mean, I wish you guys and the listeners could picture this. Joe, the cow with sloppy, dirty clothes on, weighs 300 pounds. Not cute at all. Can hardly speak using proper grammar, along with me and my wig in the driver's seat looking like a fool. Both of us are sweating because all we can think about is getting home and doing our shit. I look back at the cop again in my mirror, and I see him hand Joe a ticket. I started to breathe a little. I can hear her talking still, and I'm praying for her to shut the fuck up. Why do people think they can chit-chat with the cops like they are buddies? (laughs) Just shut up and take your ticket, cow. She comes back, gets in the car, and says, He was so nice. He could have taken me to jail because it's my second no license, but he let me go with a court date. I was so flustered by her idiocy. I told her not to ever talk to the cops unless she was answering their questions. She just kept saying how cute he was, and she really thought her flirting and compliments were what helped her not go to jail. I was like, no, it's 7 in the morning and he wants to go home. Not lug your fat ass to jail. All I could do was get myself home and out of her car. We were so lucky not to lose our dope and not to go to jail. Kay was outside when we pulled up frantic, and I told her what happened. We didn't deal with Joe anymore after that day, and I've stopped wearing wigs. (laughs) I've been on methadone successfully and seeing a psychiatrist and therapist now for seven months. The methadone helps me. I haven't used. My life is stable and getting happier slowly. I don't have to worry about being sick every morning anymore. I hope my story doesn't bore you to death, but I wanted to contribute to your show because it is great. Thank you for what you do, Tracy. There was nothing boring about that. It's a great I liked email. it. I was entertained the entire time. It's it was well written, Nice too. tone, yeah. Yeah, it was very well written yes. and stuff. Yeah. Thank you, Tracy. It's a great story. It's a great Dobie story. Yeah, Come on. it's really good. My, the best part is the wig. You wear the wig as a joke, you get yeah. pulled over, and then also, like, while he's doing something else, it's like, do I take it off? Now you just commit it. Just commit it to the wig. Yeah, it's a good story. I liked it. Oh, all right, back to uh, your homeless. Stories. I really want to read that LSD driveway one, but I guess he said not to read it. Yeah, that's what you told me. I, emails you. He be, said something. Yeah, I guess I should reach personal. out to him and ask him if we should read it. He said he wanted to formalize it and send it, but I laughed out loud when I read that. It was a true lol moment. Well, decide what you want to do. I mean, you know, we're good either way. Yeah, let's do some bum stories. Feel free. Oh shit. Oh, I'm gonna get a little stretch on. Um, do you have any other bum stories? Do I have bum stories? I have a million bum stories. I know every day is a bum story. Yeah, my whole City. life is one bum story. Yeah. Um, see, Boston's not like that. You know, uh, for the Dopey Nation, I grew up in Boston and like you know in downtown area, and uh, um, there's bums in Boston, but not like New York. In New York, they're just fucking everywhere. In Boston, it's like. There's like six or seven bums, and it's the same people all the time. And there's like very – so there was three that were near my house that stick out. There was the nunchucks guy who was like kind of like a like, – he's like a handsome man, but he was, he was overweight, and he would take nunchucks and like practice nunchucks Nun- all the time. Nunchucks. Nunchucks. He would um, – 
Yeah, he fucking practiced nunchucks. Then there was the painted face lady. Who did you think they were called numchucks? Num. What did I say? Like my face is numb from numchucks. the anesthetic. I don't know. Nunchucks. nunchucks. N-U-N. Nunchucks. N-O-O-N. Uh, nunchucks. And then there was the uh, the painted face lady whose face was purple and she just like like put over and over and over. And she keep, would paint her face purple. No, but not with paint, but like with like uh, like Blush. foundation or something. But she put like a, such a ridiculous amount on it. was like, like crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. And then there was one other guy who, I think there's like an article about him online or something, who he would play the flute and he rode around on a bicycle and he had a backpack. He was pretty neat. He had like long hair. And uh, you go to Pine Street, which is like this homeless shelter where you have to leave, you know what I mean, like in the morning and come back in the afternoon. And uh, supposedly Harvard pays for him to see a psychiatrist once a month uh, forever. And he's an ex-Harvard grad and he just went bum, you know. He just gave up on everything. Oh, but the nunchucks guy, they were like – so the, the, they would hang out and there was like this little fucking uh, – uh, there's like a statue surrounded by like shrubs. Do you know what I mean? And they would go, but you could go sit underneath the statue, and you'd be inside the like the shrubs, and like nobody would ever go in there. But there was like a little space. So on Friday and Saturday night, like and or any night, whatever, all the bums would like hang out in there, and like you could hear them like really loud, and they'd probably get some like wild iris rose and get like wasted and stuff, right? Well, my mom comes back once, and she's like, something really bad happened, like. All the bums got really angry at me, and she was walking her dog, and she, like, wasn't paying attention, and all of a sudden, she starts hearing this screaming, and she sees my dog running away with, like, a sandwich, and he, like, went in through the shrubs and, like, grabbed their food and, like, left. <laughs> so your mom, your, your dog stole food from the bum From community. the bums. My mom wasn't paying attention, and, like, we, she walked in the city. She walked in with, like, a leash and stuff. It was one of those long, like, 30-foot retractable He snuck ones. away to <laughs> fucking run. Bob's a bums. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah, dude. Um, but, uh, so a homeless... I don't really have, like... I thought you had bum stories. You, why don't you no, start with what you... personal stuff. But what about your... Yeah. No, no, but what about sharing the bottle, passing, being 15? And- oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I just would hang out. So, like, right near, uh, pretty close where I live was Copley Square, and there'd always be, like, a few bums hanging there, and, and I would go in, and I'd just, like, trade the bottle of stuff. And my friends, you know, I went to, like... Coat and tie Catholic school, and they'd just be like, "What the fuck is Oki doing?" You know, what was my nickname. I know. Um, and so later on in life, when it got really bad, I would like say like, "Oh, like I was homeless," but all the periods I was homeless were for very short periods of time. And I don't consider homeless. There's like two types of homeless. There's like people like in meetings are always like, and then I was homeless. And I'm like, no, you were sleeping on people's couches. Like, you know, you, maybe you didn't have a home. You know what I mean? But to me, homeless is like sleeping rough, like on the street. You know homeless I mean? is having no place to go, no money, and you don't get to go to somebody's house. Yeah, but you know what I mean? For an extended period of time. I would say 80% of people in the room say they were homeless and... Like, at least in the meetings I attend, and it's not what you're saying. It's right. Like, yeah, it's like, oh, I was sleeping on someone's couch. Right. And, yeah. and it, would, it would, you know, but that kills the drama, you know. I mean, but I think it, it's just way more descriptive to say, I couldn't go home, so I had to go from couch to couch to couch. Or, I, or one night I had to sleep in a lobby, or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? But maybe some of them were actually homeless. You don't know. You never know. Um, I know one thing. I can tell. 
no, I can you usually can't. tell with no, my judgmental. You can't. I think it's amazing. Like the story. Like I don't have a story like this, but you know that there are people in the rooms that have actually been homeless and gotten it together and like have lives, and you couldn't tell that they were homeless. I'm yeah. sure those people are there, dude. I read this, of course. And right. then there's this though. Ezra, okay, is a, a using drug addict with a home, begging. He's just a beggar. Yeah. There's a guy down the street. His name is Nate. And uh, and he's like a fucking stop sign. Like, he's yeah. on the same street every day. Yeah. He wears a Tupperware thing around his neck. He stands in the same spot every day. And he has a fucking rent-controlled apartment. Dude, there's one... There's and he's filthy. And he has a shower. <laughs> Dude, there's one homeless guy where I live in Great Barrington. He's in the paper all the time, like the Berkshire Eagle or whatever. And he owned a house. They claim he still owns it. I think he lost it. He owned a house. And he didn't pay taxes, and then they put, like, a lien or something on the house to pay taxes, and then they end up repossessing the house. But he was selectively homeless. Like, he chose to be in the street. And he has, like, mental illness, like, very bad mental illness. But my, my, my only point is that in New York, like, there's a ton of, quote-unquote, homeless. Gr- there's a huge gradient of homelessness. Well, there's, a, there's a community of homeless it's people living. It's who, like, have low-income apartments and shit. Yeah. And they, they're just beggars. They're not homeless. You know? And I'm not saying that all of them, obviously. Have you ever seen the guy... He's usually in Upper Manhattan, but he rubs his leg a lot, and he's rubbed his leg till it's like almost hit the bone. No. You seen that guy? No, no. And, I'm, and I don't want to sound callous because obviously there's thousands of homeless people in yeah. New York City. I'm just saying that the guys that are homeless near my work, I know about their homes. Nate was like, <laughs> "Dave, you wouldn't believe it. I, I, I finally, my name finally came up in this apartment lottery." I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? You know, and Nate's a crackhead. You Ezra's a junkie. My new, uh, They're my people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, Nate, Dave, you should come see my place. It's awesome. Yeah. It's like it's 700 square feet. It's got a nice shower, eating kitchen. He's like, you think you can give me a dollar, too? Help well, dude, me out. Karen, who was on the show before, like her job is she lives in Albany or near Albany, and she comes down to the city and she inspects homeless shelters because what happens is like the city will basically contract out to like private people to house homeless people in a big converted motel or something like that and they get paid per heads on bed but what happens is it's like some guy who's getting paid by the state to house homeless people so he just lets it go to shit so Karen's job would be to go in and inspect it and report back if there was like issues and the different things and I always would ask her for different stories like what's the worst thing you've ever seen and all that stuff and like it was crazy typical stuff that you could think of but one day I had this like eureka moment where I was like what's the best one you've ever seen? And she's like in Columbus, right near Columbus Circle, there's a building that each floor has four apartments. She said they're fucking huge wall, uh, 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 ceiling to floor glass windows. Nice. It's like perfect. She said it was, it was high end luxury apartments that would have gone for like $6,000 a month a piece. And they built like 80% of it and then they like ran out of funding and they decided for like tax benefits to like donate it or something like that. So it's for musicians over 50. And what you do is if you get it, you pay like 20% of what you make. So if you make nothing, you pay nothing basically. Yeah. And only musicians can live there. It's only musicians and artists over 50. And they can and stay there as long as they want? Stuff. Yeah, until they die. Wow, what a good deal. Yeah, it's a good deal. So how, could I could I get in in ten years? Uh, yeah, you want to be good so bad, just send them that. That should qualify you. I, I've been on the street for six days, and I have this song. You think you give me an apartment and go in a circle with floor to ceiling windows? Oh. One thing I think is interesting about this 
It's like... Oh, but my my anyways, my homeless experience, if you tally up all the days of true homelessness as we're defining it, you know what I mean? Like sleeping outside and stuff, it's less than two weeks. And it was always like all I would do. And it used, there's someone here? No. Are you sure? Yeah. All right. Um, and all I would do is like I'd end up homeless and I would go to um, <laughs> I would go to supermarkets. And I'd try to, like, look as nice as I could. You know what I mean? I'd go to, like, a gas station bathroom and try to, like, clean myself up a little bit. Like, wash my face and what, like, what, what not. And then I'd go in and steal. For some reason, it was always, like, beef jerkies and tall boys. And I would go to the bathroom and eat that and, and drink as much as I could in the bathroom. And that's, like, how I'd survive. And where would you sleep? Just outside on the sidewalk. I slept in the woods once. Um, but usually it was, like, in the sidewalk. Are you sure no one's here? Yeah, I'm sure right. no one's here. Um, They'll ring the doorbell. Oh, yeah, the doorbell. Or knock on the door. Have you ever been homeless? Never. Never? Never. Have you ever been, like, homeless light? No. No. I, I get scared of oh, stuff. Oh, we just got an email. From who? From, uh, I don't know how it is. If, can we say this guy's name? It's see. weird. Let me see. You were emailing with him. Oh, yeah. I don't know if we say his name. He wants to be called Sully. Sully, from Sully. Yeah. Well, listen, don't look at it now. We're in the middle of something. What are you doing? Your ADHD is This is good. I'm going to read it real quick. Okay. All right. So we just got this. Uh, it's 743. This came in at 742. So it's been one minute. And uh, he, uh, this guy writes Sully, right? He, he said he'd Sully. Be, yeah, he said that's okay. <clears throat> he said, uh, in, in parentheses, synchronicity. Man, I'm sorry to keep sending many emails in a conversational manner, but I keep hearing something in your podcast that makes me need to tell you. I was just listening to number 31 and Chris just mentioned synchronicity about anonymity. And I was thinking about how I was listening to an episode yesterday while texting my girlfriend. And as I typed the words, I doubt, Chris says, I doubt at that exact moment. And I was thinking of that because of Chris mentioning synchronicity a moment ago. Chris says the word doubt, like, no way. Make sure Chris reads this. Crazy, right, bro? So that's like synchronicity squared. Because synchronicity happened while he was on the subject of synchronicity. Do you know what synchronicity is? Yeah, I just, I don't see the synchronous, synchronatic, synchronatic. What's the word? The synchronistic. The the synchronistic (laughs) aspect. I guess the synchronistic is he wrote an email while we were recording Dopey and you read it. What's where? I mean, Dude, the synchronicity doesn't stop there, actually, because we got this email while we were recording Dopey, so that's synchronicity cubed. Well, what about the f- six times he's written us where we weren't recording Dopey? Well, those just weren't synchronicity. This one was. And how about the fact that he wrote "I doubt" when you said "I doubt"? That's that's the synchronicity. That's what he's talking about. Right. But it, it, it's I was saying it's synchronicity squared because he was thinking about synchronicity when he did it. We were, I had mentioned the word synchronicity. Do you, you know what would mean? be really crazy? If he was listening to the song Synchronicity by the police while the police were knocking on his door and he was listening to Dopey doubting something while you said doubt. Wow. I bet you Ryan, Tattoo Ryan, would say that was uh, psychedelic. Yeah. I wish he hadn't read that. Wait, anymore. which one is Tattoo Ryan? The, he was here yesterday. Yeah, the, we, we have two Tattoo Ryans. There's graphic design Ryan. 
And then tattoo. And I, th- I think there's ta- tattooed think, Ryan, and then there's tattoo artist Ryan. I know, but I think tattoo artist Ryan commandeered the moniker tattoo. Because he's so much more tattooed. <laughs> yeah, but Sully, really thank like you for him. the email. Yeah, Sully, thank and you and for the email. I will not poo-poo your synchronistic moment. Yeah, shit is getting real up in the field. So you were never homeless, though. Uh, no, not really. I mean, no. No, no, no. For, yeah, Dayboy's maintain. You know, one of my favorite stories that you said was because I just like I've gotten to know a lot more. I knew some. You know, I knew about twenty percent at this point. In the beginning stories, I knew like ninety percent of the stuff you said for the first ten episodes. All the shit that got deleted. But now, like, I know probably like you know, there's always new stuff coming up. My favorite thing I've thought about this several times outside of the show is when you were I don't know where it was. I forget. But you said you used to have a closed closed circuit television. Uh, <laughs> watching the door at your apartment building, and you'd be waiting for the dope man to come, and you'd just be watching on television <laughs> the front door. I think that one got erased. Oh, did it? Yeah. We'll tell it. Well, I guess I just did. <laughs> no, that was the. You loved that story. That was the story where I threw the burning couch out the window. Oh, that was the flaming uh, couch cushions. Yeah, that was good. But um, I want to entertain. There was somebody else that uh, wrote an email. Asking questions about the nature of our relationship. Yeah, which we've touched on, and that's not a lost episode. I mean, we definitely touched on it here. In, is that someone here? Listen, when somebody <laughs> is here, I will tell you. Oh, my God. Well, do you find that, that Sully's thing, it, it is synchronistic? Sully's thing is synchronistic, yeah. Okay. It's synchronistic cubed. Synchronicity cubed. What is it to the fourth? Squared, cubed. I don't know. To the fourth power. Yeah. So talk about the nature of our, our of our relationship. Uh, yeah. So I mean, we somebody wanted before. to hear yeah, about yeah, the yeah. origin. We've whatever. heard that twice. I think we've heard that a couple times at least. Um, so Dave and I met at a treatment center called Mountainside in 2011 in uh, probably April. It was May. Hey, dude, I had already been there. I left the day before my I birthday. I of, came May, May 3rd. I came the end of March. March, April, May. No, I came May 2nd. So I had been there a month already. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, so we met at this rehab. Um, and uh, Chris had been there a long time, like you said. And it's funny, actually, that we hit it off because I had been to rehab so many times that I was, like, pretty fucking quiet. I just was, like... I talked to my roommate, and we'd actually tell just dopey stories. He had... I could do some by proxy ones that were fucking great. Oh, I should have mentioned him in the bipolar episode. Oh. This guy was hilarious. This person who was my roommate at Mountainside, he left before he got there. Um, but, so I would tell stories with him and I, but other than that, I didn't say a peep. I never talked in group. I sat in the back. You know what I mean? I just done it so many times. And there's this whole like rehab dynamic where like people come and they're all broken and stuff like that. And they're upset and then they're, or they're nervous. You know what I mean? Um, this is the average person. You know, some people come in and right off the bat, they're like, you know, well, but at mountainside, happy. at mountainside, well, people were also very young. They were very so young. it was a very like like just getting to college. I'm, I'm doing this over a composite of like several treatment centers. You know, Mountainside was 14, so over 14 treatment centers, which had varying ages. That what I saw was people would come in, they'd be broken and upset. You know, sometimes not, um, and then they'd start to make friends. The young people, you know what I mean. By the time it was week three, they'd be fucking around at the dinner table, feet up on the chairs. They got their best friends, you know what I mean, in rehab and stuff like that. And I had done that so many times that I just like knew the fallacy in it. I'm like, you know how many like rehab best friends I have that I don't even know their fucking name anymore. I don't know where they are. You know what I mean? And like, 
So I just like detached from the whole process. You know what I mean? I just was like quiet, didn't say anything. Is it because you felt it was disingenuous? Because like having a best friend at rehab really helps the time go by. It does help the time go by. And then we became friends and, and like joked around and stuff. But it wasn't that I was disingenuous. It was more no, no, that, no, no, no. Not more that, that you were disingenuous. That it felt no, disingenuous it, to make a close connection. Maybe a little. Yeah. Because it was like, what's the point? Yeah. It was sort of like, what's the fucking point? You know what I mean? And it was also just like I'd done it so many times. I was just tired. I made a really, really close friend at that rehab, uh, but it wasn't like that kind of thing. It was like that old guy. The one who played guitar and yeah, dated the Asian woman? Yeah, but it was just like – it was like and, – and me and him, like it wasn't like – it's my best friend, but it was like me and him, like he's an old Jewish guy from Queens – and he was a sick guitar player. Did he live in Queens? No, he lived in Connecticut, oh, but he okay. grew up in Queens. Yeah. And, like, I just found it comforting to chill with him. And he, he hated everybody there. So he was just happy to hang out with me. And it was just like, it was like, uh, what's the word? Acrimonious. <laughs> it's sort of not <laughs> acrimonious. No, I know it's not. It was like companionship, yeah. for real. Yeah. But, but, um. Was it sober companionship? Yeah. <laughs> But um, but it served. But it term. served the purpose for me because, like, I knew what he was gonna do. You know what I'm saying? He was not unpredictable. We would meet. We'd eat something. We'd play guitar. We'd take a walk. We'd talk about our lives. Blah blah blah. You were way more of a crazy person. Like he was an old man. You were a yeah. crazy person. Your moods changed all the time. You were acrimonious, as you still are. But now that you're so when I was in there, I was. You just weren't always up for like chilling. Sometimes you no, like. I just went to my room. You did, but you you didn't want to like do that when you wanted. You did it at the end because like you were like, all right, I guess I'll hang out with you. Yeah, but I wasn't like angry. No, but you weren't I like. Just didn't, like I, it wasn't like you and me hit it off like that, where we were like, oh yeah, yeah. hanging out like that. No, I remember actually. You were in like the smoking pit and coming out, and you were like talking a lot. And I was like, this guy talks a lot. <laughs> but you had a, you were happy, you know what I mean? Like, That's what was funny, is that when you were in rehab in the beginning, I remember you were very happy. I like rehab. Yeah, you smiled, and, and <clears throat> I remember that. I like rehab because, like, you know it's done. I was also fucking 36, I had a kid, and I just wanted this to be done. I wasn't, like, pining away to get out and use yeah. You know what I mean? That was my thing when I got there. Yeah. But this isn't supposed to be about yeah, this is supposed to be at the nature of our Yeah, the nature. So we met there, um, and then I went to phase four, he went back to New York. Um we stayed in touch. There was uh, I can't even really go into it too much because it'll be a lost episode. You know? Right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like we stayed in touch about that for a little bit. Um that's but that's the truth is that like that's what we talked about I remember at first you know when I was in there and then we always stayed in touch but I spent like almost two years out there where we would text and stuff did we ever hang out when I was living out out in the, uh, the no country? we talked on the phone yeah we would check in with each other and then I moved to New York and even when I was in New York I was here for like almost two years we had dinner like once <laughs> no we had dinner a few times actually because we had dinner like the place we walked by last night and then we had dinner with uh, my ex and her friend. No, that was years later. That was later. We, um, you and me, uh, we had dinner once. We talked a bunch of times. And you brought a couple of your friends to my apartment to impress them. 
And uh, you brought uh, Andrew and somebody else to my... Or maybe well, this is when I was living in New York? Yeah. Yeah, but that that's also the same time that I hung out with Tina and her friend. Oh, uh, I guess so. Yeah. And then and then he relapsed, Chris relapsed, and then he started hitting me up to get high with him. Yeah. Not a lot. Just a couple just times. Just like three times. Yeah. Once for acid, twice for dope. Asking me if I knew where he could get acid or dope. That's probably when you called Ryan for acid. Did I ask you? Probably same time. Yeah. yeah. Did I ask you where to get it? Yeah. I did, really. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And then, like, but we, did like... I threaten you? I was like, all right. Guess I'm going to Brighton Beach. Going how to it, Harlem. Yeah, how's that threatening me? <laughs> I was like, all right, have a good so time. My safety. <laughs> but I don't think that... I mean, like, that was the thing. You know, I don't think that puts your safety in jeopardy. And that no. was something I wanted... That was <laughs> something... That, the juice was in the squeeze. Half the time I liked doing that, you Of know? course. Yeah. But that was the other thing I wanted to talk about with the homeless thing, is the, the, the relationship of homeless people and drugs. For me, when I would show up in a town where... I wanted to get drugs and I didn't know where to get them and and I it was my pre understanding that I just had to go to a methadone clinic. Yeah. Like I would like I remember when I was in LA yeah. I was working on a show and I hadn't scored dope yet and some dude comes up to me and I'm in downtown LA. I'm surrounded by heroin, but yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And this homeless guy comes I don't mean to change the subject, but yeah. this homeless guy comes up to me and he goes, Can you give me a cigarette, man? I was like, I'll give you three if you tell me where I can get dope. And he's like, thanks, man. Yeah, just go down across the street. It's right there. <laughs> <laughs> By Skid Row? Well, it was it was west of there. Okay. Was, you know, have but you it been was, now? Have you ever been down Skid Row? Yeah, we've talked about it. It's horrible. Fucking intense. But anyway, the nature of our relationship like, only changed when we got clean you know, and like, and then there was, Chris was clean for a year while I was smoking weed and Chris kind of signed off on me smoking weed. And I remember Chris had a great quote and his quote was, well, if you ever find yourself doing heroin again, you're going to know you probably can't smoke weed. <laughs> and that's why I won't smoke weed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I cannot be number one you've gathered data i've gathered data uh i really don't i I told you my natural mystic story where like i was driving around in long island and i was listening to bob marley natural mystic oh yeah what was that again you told me this recently yeah well it happened recently i was driving around in long island and uh i was listening to spotify and uh i like spotify dude listen you don't listen to spotify music um and on Spotify, every week they send you a um, a weekly picks list, and usually it's pretty good. Yeah. And um, on this one, they had Bob Marley's song "The Heathen," which is on Exodus. Yeah. And I, I just, I love Bob Marley. I love reggae music, but I, I love the records, and, and I love every record he made. I loved. Uh, but I was like, oh yeah, Exodus. Heathen's a good song. But I was like, I want to listen to the, the record, the Exodus record. So I yeah. put it on and I hear this. So squishy, right? Now 
and um, they play it. Oh, now. Oh, now. So I put that on, and there was this old movie, um, and I recommend this movie. It's called Time Will Tell. Yeah. You sh- have you seen it? No. It's an amazing movie about Bob Marley. It's like a, yeah. you know, it's it's not, it's like a documentary. And there's a scene where they play Natural Mystic and they show like all this animation. And I think, no, nobody's here. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and they show like, I think they show Bob and, and the whalers like getting stoned. And, and like when I was young, we would, you know, listen to Natural Mystic and smoke bong hits. And then like I would be on my own. And I would listen to Natural Mystic, and I would smoke bong hits, and uh, and I could, he- I I just got this visceral weed flashback, like I could feel holding a bong, I could yeah. feel the putting my lips to the bong, and like yeah. like the water, or when I put ice in it, feel that feeling, and that yeah. that would be something we would do in the summer, where we'd put on Natural Mystic and ice the bong and smoke bong hits, whatever. Yeah. I feel retarded even just saying it, but. Yeah. I would. I love doing that, and I would. I hear that build that, and all of a sudden I was like, wow! Like I could. I could really access getting stoned. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. And then I was just like, will I ever feel that again? Yeah. You know what I mean? And then like you missed it. I missed it, but I also could feel the muted sensation of being stoned, and I kind of rationalized it in my head that that was enough. Yeah. But, like, I did miss it. Well, no, it's we're talking built in forgetters, euphoric recall. I mean, they actually think there's a biological advantage to having euphoric recall, which is like you can tend to sort of like remember positive stuff and forget negative stuff. You know, you have trauma, so they don't rule it through you out. But listen, for addicts, euphoric recall, which is a biological advantage for the human race, is great. It's horrible for us. Right. You know what I mean? Because we remember the positive days from using. But, I mean, with we. What's funny, hold on, real quickly, though. When you told me that, I don't know. I told you that I had Natural Mystic on once for like eighteen hours straight on repeat, and I didn't even know. I told you that, right? Would you say this was synchronistic too? Synchronistic, yeah. I don't even remember. It was either I was on mushrooms. It wasn't LSD, most likely. It was either mushroom. I think it was probably DXM because I'd be more likely to leave it on repeat. You know, cough syrup. When I was a kid, I used to chug cough syrup, and with DXM, you're like fucked up. I like, kind of like don't even know what the fuck's going on. And I remember like after like a ton of time, you know what I mean? I've been like running it back to drinking it. I was like, this song has been playing for like a half a day. It's on repeat. It's always funny. Yeah. So it elicits feelings for me too. But it's also, it's just just funny. Like, because you, euphoric recall from weed, you know, I mean, it's like weed wasn't the thing that destroyed my life. No, we by was the any, love affair, dude. By any stretch. I remember when I was in Renaissance, when I was in my late 20s, I, I remember writing a letter. Uh, I think I had to write a letter to, to heroin, heroin, and I yeah, was like, I you slut, taking away my beautiful weed, yeah. pimping out my weed and turning uh, it into a whore, yeah, you know, and she was so perfect, you know. Yeah. And um, so, like, I don't... You know, the euphoric recall with weed, it's just like I always say. I say it at every show. If I smoked weed, I would really need to smoke it the next day. Yeah. Like, I would want to stay stoned. It wouldn't be a, It wouldn't be like visiting. Like, I could go upstate New York, and I'm not like, I need to live in New York, upstate New York every day. No, I get it. If yeah. I got stoned, I would be like, I need to do that stay shit. There, yeah. Stay there. All right, what are we doing? We should probably wrap it up. 
We didn't do that. Um, the, we'll do it next time. No, no, no. It's only a minute, and it's do it, do it, do it. What? It's funny that the, the video? I, they think we're dead. Okay. Well, I'm sure the nation's heard this. We're trying to do some sort of current events, and this is not a current event. It's old. It's from a while ago. But it's funny. But it's pretty funny. So anyways, the story is uh, – I think they explained the whole story, but I'll say it just in case it sounds weird. Is some cops uh, – a cop confiscated some weed, and then he um, baked it into brownies with his wife, and then he ate it, thought he was overdosing, and called the um, called the police. On, him, on himself. For, he, <laughs> he probably felt really comfortable with the police or something. Yeah. Here we go. Well, he is a cop. <laughs> so he probably felt pretty comfortable. Here we go. Hopefully it's not an ad. A councilman from Dearborn, Michigan, is outraged over a 911 call. He wants to know why no charges have been filed against a police officer who admits to confiscating marijuana from suspects and then baking it in brownies. And once he and his wife were full and high, they thought they'd overdosed and called 911. I think I'm having an overdose of so is my wife. Overdose of what? Marijuana. I don't know if they had something in it. Can you please send rescue? Did you guys have fever or anything? No, I'm just... I think we're dying. Okay, how much did you guys have? I, I don't know. We made brownies, and I think we're dead. Time is going by really, 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 really slow. <laughs> well, instead of being charged... Perla. <laughs> Sorry. Instead of being charged, the police department let the officer resign. His wife was not charged either. So far, police officials have not commented on the case. <laughs> Dude, they're the most unprofessional news people I've ever heard. Yeah. They're like stoned, giggling yeah. after the story. That was funny. I like that. I think we're dead. I also like if it says, we're can, dying. You, can you please send rescue? Like, it's just, who says that? Cops. <laughs> can you please send rescue? It's like, we're under fire. <laughs> yes. Send rescue. We've eaten brownies. Send rescue. All right, let's wrap this no, shit up. No, I want you to put a, a nice request for Oh, yeah. Do. Please, if you uh, don't mind, Dopey Nation, could you drop us a review on iTunes if you are using that or the podcast app on an iPhone? Also, send us an email if you'd like, uh, dopeypodcast at gmail.com. We're a little backed up, but we'll try to read it on the show. We will read if it. If you um, have emailed us and we haven't read it and you want us to read us, drop us a line just in case we, we left something out. We've gotten uh, getting a little bit more volume and um, – I feel bad. We may leave some people out. We love um, hearing from you guys. It makes us. It's so fun. Yeah, it's it a makes treat. the show it's like gift. super exciting. Um, it's as close then, to drugs as I get at this point. <laughs> we have a Facebook and Instagram account if you want to check it out. Um, sparsely populated, as I like to say, but uh, we're making an effort. Dopey podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and now on Twitter, where we suck the worst. Yeah, nothing on Twitter. <laughs> Twitter is the worst. Uh, all right, I think that's it. Dopey Nation, stay strong. Be well. Let your freak flag fly. Toodles. I want to take a walk around the world. I wonder would it do me any good. Until I get some money in my pocket, then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood. But I want to be good so bad. want to be so good, so bad, so bad. I want to be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had And I want to take a ride up in the sky Watch this airplane just pass me by And I want to see a Lear jetliner take a dive Just to 
show all of these people what it means to be alive. But I wanna be good so bad. Wanna be so good, so bad, so bad. I wanna be good so bad. Bad desires, all I ever.